Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another Monday late afternoon edition of the Hangover Podcast. I'm your, I'm your guest host, Kevin Tate from the Homie Podcast, filling in for Daniel J. And of course, with the OG big homie Shannon White here, the regular on this show. What's up, Shannon? Well, hey, Kevin, that's awesome to be here. I'm, I really appreciate you filling in. I know it was kind of short notice, and and uh, but when I found out, I said, "Oh, great!" Because me and you always have fun, and uh, I was looking forward to this podcast all day. Yeah, man. So let's get into it. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the talk of is the talk of the Steeler spirit and the Steeler verse. For the whole weekend, man. And that's our <laughs> very own Jeff Hartman's reporting that the Steelers are seriously inter- interested in Chase Young. And I talked to – and I, it's it's some high-level source, source Jet Jeff has over there, man. I mean, I talked to Bad earlier this morning when he called me about filling into this, and we were talking about that. And he said, yeah, he knew the source. We can't tell who it is, but it's, it's somebody high up in the Steelers organization. So yeah, I, mean, I saw everywhere I turned this weekend, Jeff was on that Steeler, on, on that Steeler podcast. They were talking about his article. That yeah. was that was big deep news. That was uh the all Steeler talk with Noah Strackbine. He was a guest on on Locked On Steelers with Chris Carter this morning. Um, there's another place or two that that I got I got I got some of Jeff's story. So, you know, man, but. What we're gonna talk about, shout shout out, shout out to Jeff for breaking the news on that one, man. Yep. But what we're gonna talk about is what do we think about Chase Young to the Steelers? What do you think? Well, if the price is right, I mean Chase Young is a tremendous talent. And as Tomlin said, the Steelers don't want to be in position ever record-wise to draft high enough to get a guy. Uh, of his abilities and his talent. I view Chase Young as a 4-3 defensive end. Now, he listed, I think, at 260-some pounds, so he could definitely play edge for the Steelers. But I see him, yeah, I see him getting up to probably 280 to 290 and eventually being a guy who could uh, play uh, similar to a, Stephon Tuitt uh, role for the Steelers. And I've said before, if the Steelers also envision that, they could, uh, if the price is right, make a trade for him, get a guy who, if he can be healthy, can be a generational talent. And having a D-line of Chase Young, Kanao Benton, and DeMarvin Leal uh, down the road, I think that that would be a, a quite the formidable defensive line because I do think Leal will eventually settle on the defensive line. Right now, they're taking advantage of his versatility, but I think in the long run, he will be a defensive lineman. So, so you think you you think Leal probably is being groomed to replace Cam eventually? Well, I think he would be more likely than uh, Young would. Because I think Young is probably going to stay somewhere around 300 top. You know, if he, he might get up to 300 pounds at some point. Uh, but I think that Leal could be a little heavier. 
I think last year when he was at camp there at one point, he was like 310 or 315. Yeah. And uh, so he he shows he can carry uh, a little bit more weight, still keep a lot of his athleticism. The dude's just an old school ball player. He's just productive wherever you use him, whatever you ask him to do. He just has that cap, that level of talent. So, yeah, I, I think that Leal would be more the replacement for uh, Cameron Hayward eventually. And they could have, you know, Chase Young be that, uh, the usually the smaller end like uh, Tuit was. Right. Okay. Okay. So you like you like Chase on, on the D line. So that doesn't so that really wouldn't affect um Highsmith. So we would No, if, no, it wouldn't the only way just financially. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know that if we trade for Chase Young, I mean, I don't know that that he's he's earned anything to to you know done anything to earn a, a super big contract. I mean I know those those DNs and those D linemen go for a lot, but I mean, if we could get him for 17, 18 million, I think that would be a steal. I mean, then the the, the other thing is, do we just this is me talking, my thinking. Mm-hmm. Do we bring him aboard? And some of the some of the people on some of the shows I watched earlier talking about a fifth round pick. There's no way you get Chase Young for a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. No way at all. I mean, now I wouldn't go above a second, a second and a player, mm-hmm. but I mean, and that player could be Kevin Dotson. That player could be somebody we would theoretically be getting rid of or having to cut anyway. Yep. You know, Kevin Dotson is a serviceable offensive lineman with plenty of starting experience. Um, I think Chase Young, even though he hasn't done anything the past couple of years, he excuse me, he was the 2020 rookie of the year, mm-hmm. seven and a half sacks. And, you know, I'm a fan of his because he comes out of Ohio State. I'm a big Buckeye fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think just like we got Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick, I mean, sometimes – and I like, I think Omar Khan would be willing to do it if the price and deal is right. You got to spend some of that capital. I mean, you don't get a chance. Like Tomlin said to Chase Young, you've seen some of the clips. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be bad enough to get a guy like you. You got to lose – 13, 14 games with a guy like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just that pedigree, man. I mean, where is he fit? I don't know. But if you can get a great football player, the number two overall pick, I think Kyler Murray went first in that draft because he's a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think Chase Young would have been the consensus number one overall player in that draft. And if you can get that for a second-round pick and a player, and maybe you have – See, you don't pay either, you don't pay Highsmith or him. You see what they both do this year, and you make your decision next year. So, I mean, that's the, those are my thoughts. I actually, I think that Highsmith takes priority over. I mean, I think if if they make the deal for Chase Young, they already have to have the deal in place, which I think they do. From what it sounds like, they're just ironing out a few of the finer points. But I think they that Highsmith wants to be in Pittsburgh and the Steelers want him here. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. And I think that this would, if they do sign Young, it will be separate. It would be more as Cam Hayward's long-term replacement. So let's say that they do an extension with Highsmith here before training camp, which is when I think it's going to happen. They sign him 
anywhere 15 to 17 million and get him in Pittsburgh long-term. Then you bring in Young. When Cam Hayward, when his contract comes off the books, you would have plenty of money to worry about taking care of Chase Young down the line. Right, yeah. And so that's the way I'm thinking of because, like yeah. I said, I see Young let's, as let's, a defensive lineman. Let's not forget, Shannon, Cam will come off the books after, not this season, next mm-hmm. season. And this, that same year, Deontay Johnson comes off the books. Yes. You know, so, I mean, you're, you're getting some money to work with there. So, I mean, I don't know how this all plays out. I'm all for Chase Young, though. Um, I think you just want to get uh, Omar Khan and Tomlin, those guys want to get big body playmakers. You know what I mean? Yep. You said it, playmakers, and they want guys of a certain age and Tomlin's talked about positionalist defenders. Yeah. DeMarvin Leal, play multiple positions. Chase Young, he can play multiple positions. You could take T.J. Watt, for that matter, and Alex Highsmith and move them back, you know, off ball, if need be, to change up your blitz package. So that's what they're wanting is more positionalist defenders, and these guys fit that. I, I agree. Positionless defenders is 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 a is a buzzword nowadays, yep. and I think they also got the kid Nick Herbig yep. that uh, fits that. He could he can be on the edge, or he can come in and he can get some get some reps, get some work first in practice and stuff at off ball linebacker. You know, because yep. it's it's all about your flexibility. Um, I, I liked I like Leal coming out of Texas A and M because I knew he they moved him all around the defense even uh-huh. then. You know. So, I don't know. Like I said, I'm all for Chase Young. Like we said, playmakers. I'm, I'm all for playmakers, flexibility, you know, position flexibility and pedigree. Yep. You know what I mean? So, that's where I'm at. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm all for it. If it's, if it's a second-round pick and a, and a player or, or a, 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 a pick swap in, yep. the, in, in the fourth or fifth round where, where we give up a fourth and they give us their fifth, you know, I'm, something like that I'm okay with. So, okay, that's how we feel about Chase Young. That's kind of been the talk of the weekend since Jeff broke the story. But now let's let's move on. I'm going to ask you a question, man. Just tell me what you think. So we've had a great offseason, right? When you say we have a great offseason, free agency, the draft, mm-hmm. you know, every, everything we've done, Omar Khan has done, I think has been great. So the question in our, in our, in our show notes is, what cherry on top move are we expecting the con artist to make before Latrobe? Yeah, it's funny. I've, I'm working on an article right now uh, about an offseason of pleasant surprises. We have Father's Day coming up, and I know that I love surprises, but I, I always th- I, I got to clarify that was as pleasant surprises because nobody likes to be shocked. Well, this Steelers offseason has been so it's just been so much good news and strong acquisitions. So I'm expecting I don't think that Khan and company are done yet. I really don't. I think that whether it's late and when all the people start getting released from training camp, you know, they, they can make a move or two there. But hopefully they're pretty set and solid when that time rolls around. But between now and the start of training camp, I think 
I want to see the, the cherry on top for me would be to get the Alex Highsmith deal worked out. Uh, you know, get an extension. And, and so we know that he's going to be with the stars long-term because I think he's priority number one right now. Who's available. You would think that he want to maybe bring in a Quan Alexander or a Deion Jones. Uh, somebody who could give them a little bit more depth at off ball if the price is right. And I think that's what they're doing. They're they're not desperate, so they're sitting back and just waiting to see what will happen. But for me, I guess the cherry on top of the Sunday would be getting the deal worked out with Alec Highsmith. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good one. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about – we talk about off-ball linebacker mm-hmm. and the need for one? We talked, you just mentioned Deion Jones. Mm-hmm. And who else did you just mention? Juan Alexander. Juan Alexander, yeah. So what do you think about? I just read recently the past couple of days that the Steelers are going to be trying uh Keanu Neal out at, at, at linebacker this this week. Um, if they could get him at linebacker, do you think there's a potential that they that they try and get another safety? If if he if he shows up and shows good at linebacker, because we know he played it one season in Dallas. Yep. And he's a big box safety. So, mm-hmm. you know, in today's game, he's probably 5'11", probably 225. Mm-hmm. I mean, not you know, not like the big Marlon, Vince William, LeVon Kirkland linebackers of the past, but yeah. a linebacker in today's game. I no. mean, so what, what would you think about that? Oh, he very well could be a safety. Uh, I just don't think there's a really – a lot on the safety market right now that um, – you know, that is real attractive. Well, well, what if you could play Keanu Neal as, as one of the backers and he's, we know he's flexible. So that, that gives him the flexibility. You're in yeah. the linebacker room, but if we need you to safety, a box safety at that, you can play that. But what do you think about somebody like uh, Jabril Peppers is still available in the market? Well, that's just it. A lot of these guys that are still available, they come with either red flags you know, they always character. A lot of times it's their ability, their athletic ability. They have holes in their game. Kanan Neal has holes. Right, yeah, yeah. He I might, mean, and, and so you don't want him in coverage. Right, you don't want him in coverage. Yeah, and so I can see him giving them solid minutes as off-ball linebacker like he has in the past. But, you know, again, I think that one of the guys that everybody's sleeping on is Tanner Muse. I, li- I liked him a lot coming out of Clemson. Yeah, when he was coming out, I said he's he's a tweener, he's a hybrid, but he could give him minutes as a move linebacker and coverage and as a safety, you know, yeah, in, played, in a box safety because he's he's got four four one speed. Yeah, he played he played safety in, yeah. in, in Clemson, yep. and and I wanted him whatever year he came out, but like they always do, the Raiders just jump the gun <laughs> on everybody they take, you know. But I like him a lot. Um, so I just don't know if there's better options out there right now in free agency, especially for the cost. Cause obviously some of these guys are holding out for a starting position or they're holding out for more money. And right. I'd rather see what the Steelers have honestly at camp, uh, before they reach for any of the guys left out there on the market. Right, right, right. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I'm pretty pleased with where we're at. I think my cherry on top, I could see it being the Highsmith deal, go ahead and lock him up. Yep. 
And I think High Smith is a really, really good player. He's he's a Steelers, one of our own. We've kind of we've kind of groomed him and brought him up in the you know in the system. But I mean, also look at he he gets the majority of his sacks when T.J. Watt is on the field. Yep. So I mean, I don't know how much money is that worth. How much how, how much money are you paying Alex Highsmith? Well, like I said, I I think he should come in around fifteen to seventeen million. Okay. And it'll depend on the length of the contract and what kind of incentives. Because I agree, he's a great secondary rusher. Right. He was the primary rusher. The problem is, it isn't that he didn't have the same effectiveness. It's how that he was approached by the opposition. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was getting chip blocked just relentlessly. When 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 when, when TJ's not in, he's the guy. He's gonna get. He's yeah. gonna do all that, all those chip blocks and doubles and everything. But he's so important because TJ's gonna get double teamed. TJ knows this. And because he's such a, di- a dynamic pass rusher, but you, you if you're gonna to try to block Alex Highsmith with the tight end or one-on-one, he's gonna make you pay for it. So yeah, a lot of his sex is with TJ in there, but they work well together. So uh, but I think 15 to 17 men. I would not pay more than that. Like we said earlier, if they look at Chase Young, Chase Young, his last two years of inactivity and and not being available uh, will drive his price down. Not just if, with the trade market, but also whoever gets him when they're talking about another contract. He'll, he'll need to have a, a, a prove-it deal, let's put it that way. Right, right, right. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I like Alex Highsmith. My my price range is right where yours is at. Mm-hmm. My mine was actually sixteen to eighteen, but you know, very similar. Yeah, very similar. So okay, so now we know mandatory mini camp starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody should be there. I heard uh, Anthony Miller is dealing with a hamstring. He has been for weeks. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if. He's one of the all the only Steeler players that, that I know that may not be available. Are you aware of anybody else? No, as far as uh, they had uh, Ogajobi missed like the first two days, Watt missed the first day, but I think they've had everybody there even right. just b- before it was when it was voluntary. So that's a great turnout. That's a great turnout. I agree. I agree. So so questions going into camp, not questions, but a question for you going into camp. From our from our show notes, and the question is, who are the three players we're looking to pop in mandatory minicamp this week? Like, who who are you expecting to, you know, to to shine? Well, some of the guys that I've been real interested in have already shown up and showed out. Uh, we've we've heard about uh, Nick Herbig and his motor and his relentlessness and his explosiveness off the snap. That was something I wanted to hear about. Because, again, it's in – it's just helmets, no pads, no real contact. We're only seeing certain things. I wanted to see – was C.A. or Calvin Austin the third? how was his footwork? Did he – you know, did he have any hesitation or did he – was he able to show that burst and that speed? Uh, so we're hearing all these positive reports. I wanted to hear about Corey Trice. And was he what I seen on film? 
you know, I'm still shocked that he fell that far based on a health rumor, but he did. And I think he was a steal. So those guys have answered some questions already. So right now we just want them to be healthy and no injuries. My guys I'm looking for now for this week is I'd like to hear about Hakeem Butler making a positive impression because the man with that talent, that catch radius, you know, getting this, the second and third, fourth chance, whatever it is, whatever he considers it. I would love to see him make this squad because he also has the size to be an exceptional blocker. And we know that the offensive Steelers are going to want to use this year. I believe it's going to be ball control. It's going to be play action. It's going to be a very controlled uh, time of possession and, and really trying to improve the red zone efficiency. All those aspects, Akeem Butler should really be a benefit. Uh, I still want to see Joey Porter Jr. matched up and, and get some reports. Right now we're hearing that he's really learning from Peterson. And he's really, but I want to, when he's matched up with some of these guys, say a Deontay Johnson, how does he look in these matchups? Because that'll, that'll tell us a lot. And I also want to see, uh, I got, you know, a lot of people ain't thinking about him, but James Pierre last year, when they would match him up with safety help deep, like they did against uh, Devontae Adams with the Raiders, he really give Adams fit that game. Because Pierre, he doesn't have elite speed, but he if he can get a press and, and, and be able to hinder the release, he can be very effective in man coverage. So these are three guys that I'm interested in hearing about. Yeah, you made one of my guys was uh, Hakeem Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Not Jeffries. Butler. 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 Yeah, yeah, there was Hakeem Jeffries. Yep. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, Butler. King Butler, I'm interested in seeing what uh there's a lot of talk about him. Yep. Elijah Riley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got an interesting thing with him when we when we break down who we think the 53 are going into mandatory minicamp. Yep. And I'd probably say the other guy, I mean, I want to see what he does can do in the offense, like you know, with with, with a bigger workload. And that's Connor Hayward. I'm really yeah. interested in seeing how he's used, how he's moved around, because I think we all know he'll be some sort of H-back. He's not yeah. going to be an inline tight end and line up and be expected to block Miles Garrett. Not happening. So, no. so I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, what, what they kind of do with him. Now, I remember in Pitt's offense, Matt Cannon was real big on his fullbacks. And, they, mm-hmm. and I think Connor, Connor, Connor Hayward can really be a piece that can that can keep defense on their toes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm expecting a a huge leap forward for Connor Hayward. I think he's going to be used in a variety of roles as an H back. Uh, I think we're going to line him up all over the formation, and I expect his numbers to go up substantially. He will be much more of a offensive threat than Derek White ever thought of being. I agree. And and I think that we know Canada likes to use his H-back. So I think that he's going to 
especially with the added talent they have now with, say, Darnell Washington out on the field at the same time, uh, uh, Calvin Austin the third. You got to match up specifically with these guys because you get the wrong matchup, you're in trouble. Yeah. And I think that's going to open up things for Connor Hayward. And I love Connor Hayward. He come out and said he don't think there's a linebacker in the league he can cover. And he didn't say it in a boastful way. He said it in a self-confidence way. And, yeah. and that's what he needs to do. And that's what the Steelers need him to be. I, def- I definitely – I definitely have an appreciation for that confidence, man. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I think there's a, a a multitude of ways they can use him. I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lineup two two tights with 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 Fryer move and Connor Hayward in this time. Not even not even Darnell Washington. Uh, move move him back in Connor back in the backfield. You got you got Pickens and say Butler on the outside. You know what I mean? And Najee yep. in the backfield. I mean, so much you can do. I'm really oh, yeah. expecting quite the improvement from the offense this year. Yep. But, hey, man, we're going to get ready to take a, a quick break, uh, pay some bills. If you're, if, you're on, if you're on the YouTube stream, watch this on YouTube, just, uh, just stay here. We're not going anywhere. And we'll be back in 10 seconds. And we're back on the Hangover Podcast. I'm your guest host, Kevin Tate, along with the, the OG regular host, Shannon White. We've been talking about uh, Jeff Hartman's big, big, big story drop over, over, over the past weekend. We've been talking about the potential of Chase Young, and we've been talking about three players that will pop going into camp. Everybody in the live chat, we, we appreciate you guys being here. You guys are doing a lot of chatting with each other. If you have any questions, me and Shannon got a few minutes before we get into our 53-man roster breakdown if we were going into the season today. Um, ask us some questions. We got time to answer a few, and then we're going to get into the uh, the 53-man roster. But while we wait to see if the live chat asks some questions, Shannon, let me let me ask you this. What what so right now, who, who do you think is the is the starting left tackle? I would say right now, just knowing how that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers handled their business, I would say it would be Dan Moore Jr. Uh, I think that Dan Moore is going to have every opportunity to compete at right tackle as well. I think that that they probably talked to him about that to him at his exit interview. And he says he did it on his own in the offseason. He, he, the guy got ripped up. He's, his upper body definition is greatly improved. He put in a lot of hard work this offseason. This is a guy that he knew the likelihood that they would try to get a left tackle in the draft. And he's like, okay, I'm ready to compete. And if I don't win that, I'm going to win the right tackle position. He's had the perfect attitude about everything. He put in the work, and I think it's gonna, we're going to see a benefits this year, I think we're going to see a much improved Dan Moore Jr. And it would not shock me at all. Uh, I haven't heard much about Chooks Okorafor during OTAs. He's a veteran, and he's 
I'm sure, you know, he's taking it easy, but we're going to find out a lot when that training camp rolls around, if he's ready to compete with Dan Moore. I agree, man. So let me ask you this. Do you think Chooks is $13 million better than Dan Moore? I have not seen Dan Moore play right tackle yet. Okay. I think based on what I see from his performance at left tackle, I would say no. But, again, you know, he said it was kind of like trying to wipe his butt with his other hand, which I thought was a great analogy, uh, you know, switching right. over to right tackle. And he looks like, watching him, his build, uh, the way he handles himself, and he's, he's a really good run blocker. Uh, really a better run blocker than Chuke Sikorable. So I can see him being successful on the right side. I can envision it, but I have to see it first. Okay. Um. So last time there was a camp battle for starting tackle position, mm-hmm. Chuke's lost out to Zach Banner. Yes. And only because Banner got hurt in that first game against the Giants, Dan Moore was first to come, forced to come in. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how Chooks got his starting job. Yeah, I mean, so I wouldn't be surprised. Outside him not regularly playing right tackle, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Moore could beat beat Chooks out. Oh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked either. Matter of fact, um, do you? I mean, last year I seen a real change in Chooks for and that he had. More intensity. He seemed to be more confident. And I think he had his best season easily. So I didn't think that that the I didn't want the Steelers to give up a lot to move up to get a you know another tackle. I definitely did not even want a right tackle because I thought that the right tackles in the draft, what the Steelers would have had to give up to get one, they already had a core four and Dan Moore. So the only guys I was interested in trying to get in that first round was Paris Johnson and Roderick Jones. And Roderick Jones was the more athletically gifted. He's a little bit younger and he's a little bit, has a little less experience, but I think long-term potential, he, he has it because he's the most athletic left tackle that I ever remember, maybe in Stewart's history. So, I would really like to see him take over when he's ready. But if he's not ready, and Pat Meyer decides okay, he's not ready to be the full-time left starter, then I have no problem with Dan Moore starting out uh, this season at left tackle. Right. And I, what I heard about uh, Roger Jones is that if not for experience, I think he played 19 games at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. If not for lack of experience, he would have been a top three pick. Yeah. Athletically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's crazy, crazy tackle pedigree, man. We're talking about up there like with you know Trent Williams when he came out yeah. 15 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. The Redskins, you know what I mean? So his okay. mobility is special. I yeah, mean, he, yeah. He moves on his feet like a tight end. Uh a, a, a very athletic uh Solid road grader tight end. <laughs> he 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 pulls. Yep. And he pulls with bad intentions. Oh yeah. He's smashing anything in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I I like that. I mean, we had that 
on the inside with Pouncey and DeCastro for years, that athletic ability. But I don't know so much about the tackles that we've had over the years. I mean, we weren't expecting Villanueva to get out and no. you know run a run a four nine forty and get out there and smash somebody. He was more just the pass protector. You know, the most athletic tackle that I ever seen play for the Steelers um, was Larry Brown, and Larry Brown started out as a tight end, and then they moved him to tackle. Okay, but, but there's there's not been anybody. He was back in the steel curtain days. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. There has not been anybody that approaches Broderick Jones athletically, his athleticism and mobility ever in Stillers since the modern era in 1970. So we're right. talking 50 some years. Okay, yeah, no. No, and I think I feel like it was a it was a position of need. I would have been okay if they had took Joey Porter in the first round. Um, but hey, it worked out. They had the perfect draft. Yeah. Like when we were doing mock drafts, Roger Jones, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Darnell Washington. I had all of them pick were picking all of them first round picks in my mocks early. Mm. And then Ke- Keanu Benton, I was picking yep. him with the pick 32. Yep. So the Steelers got incredible value with every pick they had. That's why we said this was such a great offseason, free agency, draft-wise. And, you know, I think the guys are bonding and doing stuff together. I watched a podcast earlier, All Things Covered, Brian McFadden and Pat P. Mm-hmm. Troy Palomalu was on there. Great podcast. Just talking about the Steeler culture and how those guys used to be in those Super Bowl winning teams and stuff. Yeah, it just it just came on today. So if you get a chance, check it out, man. It was pretty good. Yeah. But Shannon, you got anything you want to say before we get into this 53-man roster? No, I'm I'm ready to go. Okay, man. So I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull my thing up that I also sent to you. Um so okay, let's let's let let's we'll do the offense first. Yes. The quarterback room. Who's in the quarterback room? Well, if you had told me this last year at the end of the year, I'd have said you're crazy. But it's the same as last year. Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph. I agree. That's actually a really good problem to have because with the new rules, with the emergency quarterback three being able to dress, that raised Mason Rudolph's value to the Steelers. So – that emergency quarterback. Yes. Mason Rudolph, when he wasn't getting a helmet last year, he could get dressed this year. Yes. Does he count against the 53? No. Nope. Oh. Well, okay. well, yes, he will count against the 53, but he doesn't count on – well, let's see, I'm not positive. I, I think he would not count against the game day 53 because – this is an extra right. auxiliary so, position that only plays if the first two guys are injured. So it's like 53 plus one emergency yeah. quarterback. Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Okay. So we have the same three quarterbacks in the room. Yep. We agree there. So who, who are your running backs? What's the running back room look like? Well, that's really interesting because obviously Najee Harris and Jalen Warren uh, – are the strongest tandem I can remember the Steelers having since Bell and Williams. 
Uh, so I'm really excited about them. Then I've wanted Anthony McFarland to work out, but it just hasn't happened. Last year when the Lions was doing better and he was needed to play due to injuries with Harris's foot and everything, I thought he'd done a good job. Him and Benny Snell looked better because the line was better. And that was a lot of their holdup. I thought they might bring Benny Snell back, but they haven't shown any interest at all. So now you've got um, McFarland and you have Graham. And there's another young man they just signed. I don't know if you got him on your list either. But oh, you know, you tell you talking about uh um Hagens from, from Hagen. that's right, that's right. Yeah. I'm not familiar. I, those guys are gonna have to really show something at camp and during the preseason. Uh because McFarland has experience, but McFarland really doesn't offer a lot of special teams. So therefore, based on what except, I'm except for kick return. Hey, yeah, but I don't he didn't impress me doing that either. Okay. So I'm hearing that Graham is very versatile and that he looks very athletic, more so than his RAS score would suggest, and that he can catch the ball, he he can return kicks, uh, and get down on teams. So I think that it would not shock me if Graham doesn't beat out McFarland for running back three. Okay. And I think that we will see Connor Hayward as the fourth running back because I don't think that they're going to put him on the tight end depth chart. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to consider H back as a fourth guy on that running back depth chart. That makes sense. Um, obviously, we got the same two with Najee and yep. Jalen Warren. You see my list. I have McFarland. Mm-hmm. I just think we want to go – with experience at the running back three position, I think we don't have Benny Snell, so but I think McFarland can fill in on kick return that helps the special teams. Mm-hmm. And at that position, not that he'll be not that he'll be the number one kick return guy, but he he can do that. And I think we feel Benny Smith Benny Snell's kick coverage with another player. I'll call his name. When we get to that position later. Yeah, and. I agree with you. I got Connor Hayward in the tight end room, but I agree with your H back and putting making him the fourth running back. So instead of having coming up when we get the tight end, instead of having Connor Hayward in that room, I'll have him with the running backs at four. That doesn't change anything on the mm-hmm. far as the total 53, but yeah, I like that. So now this is a tough one. Yeah. The wide receivers, man. Yep. Yeah, that's the hardest one. Uh, offensive line is pretty tough, but that that off- that wide receiver is, is really tough. Um, of course, we're going to go with Deontay Johnson and Pickens. Uh, I think that Calvin Austin the third is going to make this team. He's going to be the primary kick returner, and I believe that he's going to give them that speed element. A lot of times, it might only be a decoy, jet sweep, stuff of that nature. But I do believe he's tough enough. I believe he's durable enough. He has to prove it at his size. But watching his film at Memphis, he played like a guy bigger than his size. So I think he will be in there as number three uh, or number four. Number three, of course, is uh, Allen Robertson, who I think is 
not only going to bring the veteran presence, which he's already teaching these guys, what he can mean to George Pickens is it really should, it can't be understated. He can really teach him the ins and outs, the little nuances, hand usage, getting released off the line of scrimmage, setting up his routes better. As we know, he was a little sloppy last year. So I think that he's going to be a real asset. So you take Robinson, then you have Austin. So that's four. I think Boykins makes the team because Boykins is, to me, the best gunner in the NFL. And that is so valuable. And if they do this offense like we think they're going to do, they need another big body receiver who can block with a really good catch radius who could really be an asset in the red zone. And they last year he was in there, they just didn't throw it to him. And there was times he was open, but they didn't even look his way. So I think that should have that has to change this year. I don't think it it has to change. And then I, my sleeper is Akeem Butler because I think that Akeem Butler has that drive and that determination and that hunger now that he did not have as a younger player. And I think that playing in the XFL and watching him make all them hands catches and learn how to shield defenders with that large, his large frame, that incredible catch radius. So that's my six guys is Johnson, Pickens, Robertson, Austin, Boykin, and Butler. Okay. I mean, surprisingly, we have the exact same six. <laughs> I'll just uh, – Say we don't we're missing outside of Calvin Austin the third. Yeah, we're missing that 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 little jitterbug dude in the slot. Yeah, you know I mean, but I, but do I think th- they're going to go big in the slot this year. That will work. Yeah, that will definitely work. Um, so maybe it won't be so it won't matter. But I was going to say I think the versatility of the Steelers receivers, like you say, going big in the slot. I think if you want that kind of you know, herky jerk, fake you out dude in the uh-huh. slot for a few plays. Deontay can slide down to the slot. Yeah. And, and you have Pickens and Allen Robson outside. Allen well, the Robinson. problem with Deontay in the slot is he he just does not have the toughness and he does not like to run after the catch in traffic. He will look for the sidelines or he will go down. He he's he is very frail and he does not like to play through contact. That that that's why I said a few a few plays. A few, yes. <laughs> a few. <laughs> few but uh cause I agree with you there. Yeah, he, he he shies away from contact. That's why he gets a 10-yard catch and then he gets an eight-yard reception. <laughs> he he get her bug back two yards trying to avoid something instead of just put his head down and just you know get what you can get. Exactly. Yes. But uh yeah, so I think that if we go big in the slot, there's really no no problem. I agree with you about Boykin. He's one he's I don't know all the gunners in the league. He's the best gunner I see every week. Yeah. He's the best gunner I, I see every week. And opposite to him was James Pierre. When we get to the corners, we'll talk about what's up with him. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so we had the same six receivers. I wanted uh, Akeem Butler, I believe, 2019. Yep. Might have been 2018. Yeah. Eight years, Deontay. <laughs> okay. I want him to come out of Iowa State. Yep. Just as, like, Fourth round pick, like where he went, you know. Mm-hmm. I would like for us to be able to get him. Might have been better for him to play with Big Ben instead of going there. And well, Kyler wasn't there. Yeah, I don't remember who was their quarterback, Arizona's quarterback in 
that year was. But again, we talked about it with Chase Young, just the pedigree. This yeah. guy's 4440, 6'5, 225, amazing catch radius. I mean, you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta shoot the dice and take a shot at some of these guys, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what Pete Carroll always does, which is why Seattle typically always has a good team. You know, and Bill Bill Belichick will pick up some some guys that were were considered busts or rejects and mm-hmm. and you know uh rejuvenate their careers. There's no risk involved, really. No risk, no risk no. at all. So yeah, I like him to make it. So we got Anthony Miller not making it. You got Gunner not making it. No. Anthony Miller is already hurt. He's perpetually hurt. Uh I really thought he could really help him last year, but he, he got hurt. He, he's uh, That's been the trend, even when he was with Chicago. When he was healthy, he had some good numbers, but right. he was hurt a lot, and he's already hurt, so I kind of wrote, wrote him off. He could still surprise us this year, but I'm not seeing it. And Gurner Osevsky is a guy who's a kick return specialist, but he's unreliable, and he cost him a game last year. Yeah, and Tomlin that, lost faith in him, and I don't see it coming back. That was a game against New England, right? Yeah. Yep. But okay, so we got we both got so I think we both have three quarterbacks, four running backs, because we moved Connor Hayward to the running mm-hmm. back. And we both had the same six receivers. Mm-hmm. Now I'm guessing we can be quick with the tight ends. We'll probably have the same tight ends. Who you got? Oh yeah, it's Fryermuth and uh Gentry. And Washington. Okay. I got those same three. Not necessarily in that order. I got Washington probably playing more snaps than Gentry this year. But he's a rookie, so we'll see. I mean, I think you'll you'll have to earn it. Yeah, he will. And prove it. I mean, as far as in the regular season. Okay. So I think that that they'll start out with Gentry because they they trust his blocking. But we know that Washington's got all the talent in the world. And I think he'll quickly overtake Gentry and take that position. But I think to start the year, they might stick with Gentry. Right. Okay. So if you look at my list, Shannon, we go O-line. We got about 17 minutes. Um, and we got to get to the defense. So I have eight O-linemen. But if the quarterback is 53 plus one emergency, I would get to get one more player. And I probably might go on off the line and carry nine. But go ahead and tell me tell me what offensive lineman you got. You can use my list and or and then add and tell me what you think. I think we probably got the same first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Probably first same first seven. Yeah, you- looking at your list, uh Mesico, James Daniels, Samalu, Chips Core Four, and Dan Moore would be, you know, the starters. Right. Uh, and because I think, like I said, I think Broderick Jones will come in later. I don't know if he'll start the season. That would be great if he's ready, but we'll see. Uh, I think you've got is um, Dotson going to be traded or that's, will they keep him what, for quality depth? That's why I don't have him on there. Yeah. So I think we, we, we're not sure yet. Either, th- either way could happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if he's on a team, he he's on the fifty-three. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's been doing so much yapping in the media. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I just think what's Tomlin say? We don't want hostages. Yeah. 
We want volunteers. Oh yeah. I think I think Kevin Dotson wants to go somewhere else and see what he can do. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, I, I like Nate Herbig as a as a backup better than I do Dotson because of that attitude. Right. And and I think Nate Herbig is, is a guy who see a lot of people are not realizing, but I think he can fill in at center also. He has played some center. Yeah, because you don't want to move Daniels or Samalo. You want them guys, if they're healthy, to be right where they're at. And Mason Cole's the starter. So I see you don't have Kendrick Green on your list. Well, if if, if, if I went with nine, I mean, if I could get nine now, yeah, it would be between Kendrick Green and Spencer Anderson. Yes. The, the seventh-round pick who yes. has tremendous versatility. I mean, he – he has to be. I mean, we won't. We won't want him to play this year. Yeah. But I mean, he's played tackle. He's played guard. He's played center in the Big Ten. Yeah. So I like the potential, just as that positional flexibility that we talk about. Some of the guys that we're talking about who don't make it are going to be practice squad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think that I'd like to see Spencer Anderson on the practice squad for a year. I think he's going to be – he could very well be another Ramon Foster. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think his best position might be center. Right. And no, he could be a long-term answer at center, uh, at least his quality backup, if not more. I mean, when you look at his – RS score was much better than people realize. He's 6'5". He's got good length for a center. Right. Uh, He's not a specialist because they Maryland moved him everywhere. He played all the positions. So uh, I like his attitude. I like his versatility. He's fundamentally sound, and he played in a tough conference. So are you telling me that you keep Kendrick Green and try and sneak Spencer Anderson onto the the practice squad? I think that is more likely. Okay. But now the more we talk about Anderson, and if he has a really good preseason – you know, more people might pay, be paying attention and taking notice than I realize. Right. But I think that they've still got Green under his rookie deal. They don't want to give up on him where he was a third-round pick. One pick. They're, they've moved him back to center and saying, you're just a center, focus on center, because the dude is will never play guard in the NFL. He does not have the length. He, he struggles with length at center. Yeah, he gets bull rushed all the yeah. time. Yeah, but hopefully – he says he's been working this offseason with Pat Meyer to to learn the nuances, to be more fundamentally sound, and what the Steelers expect from him. The athleticism is there. Even in a small package, the athleticism is there. If the attitude was right, I think that he could be the backup center. Because the only guy that we disagree on is uh, Clark. LaRaven Clark. Yeah. LaRaven Clark. Um, my experience, I would rather have a guy like Anderson. Uh, they also have that other young man that they just signed who's 6'6 and has like incredible from, wingspan. From Philly also. Collins maybe is his name. I think Collins. They could move him, put him on the practice squad. I'd rather have Anderson come in and fill in at right tackle if need be than Clark. Because my experience that Clark's like a turnstile. Uh, he he is heavy-footed and does not have good lateral mobility. 
So I, I'm really not impressed with Clark. Right. Okay, yeah, Gerard Williams, Jared Williams. Williams, okay. Tackle. Um, I just got Clark for his 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 experience. He has experience, yes. Um, and like, so I mean, talking to you, talking this out, I have, I have eight eight linemen. I could be moved to, to replace Laraven Clark with Spencer Anderson. Just for the flexibility, and because I can get a ninth person because of the quarterback, the emergency quarterback, mm-hmm. I probably would bring Kendrick Green back on too. Yep, my, my nine linemen. Yep, I would rather have Anderson than I would Clark at this point. I don't disagree. I mean, he's younger. Yep, um, more versatile, <laughs> more versatility, and he and Clark is what he is. Yep, we don't know what Anderson is yet. So yeah, I would go that way. All right, um, we got about ten minutes, man. Let's do the defense a little faster than we did the offense. Give me your count them out. Give me your your D lineman. Well, obviously Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, Kanan O'Neal. Uh, I mean uh, Benton. Benton. Yep. Um, then I really have Fahuku. I like what. I didn't realize Watt was only 26. Yeah. I thought he was like 28. He's still younger than I realized. And he's from the, from the SEC. That's what I like, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's five, right? Uh-huh. And so, I, of course, I'm putting Leal. Uh, I would put him on the defensive line depth chart. Right. And so that's six. And then it would come down. You would like it to be louder, Milk. Because of what they invested in him, but man, last year he just he disappeared. And so I see you have Marshall on your list. He's a guy that could surprise everybody and knock Loudermilk off the roster. Right. Well, I actually have them both on the list. Yeah, so, I, I don't think they'll both make it though. Because I didn't take uh, Fuoco. No, I, I think Fuoco is. He's going to be the most consistent run-stuffing, nose-tackle that they have. He's okay. To me, Fioku is what Alulu was uh, a cheaper version of 2020. Right. I mean, he's not going to – you don't want him out there all the time, but when you need a run-stuffer, I believe that he's going to come in and give him quality minutes. So I had I had Cam, Larry O, Keon, Keanu Benton, that's three, Leal, four, Armand Watt five, Louder Milk six, and Marshall seven. Yeah. So you think Marshall and Louder Milk are, are two dogs going for one bone? Yes. And I probably should put Fioco in there. I, I think Fioco is going to make it. I really do. Okay. But we'll see. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I know enough to disagree. I liked. I liked Marshall and what, what I've what I've seen and read about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now the inside backers. How many of those you got? I'm I'm gonna stick right now, unless something changes. I'm sticking with four. Of course, Holcomb, Roberts, Robertson, who I think is gonna take a big step forward, but still be part of the rotation while he learns coverage. And I think Tanner Muse makes it because he is a swing guy. I, I think they'll list him as a an off-ball linebacker. 
and he's really excellent special teamer. Yeah, so we have the same four. Yep. Um, I have M- Muse also. I mean, I think him and when we get to the safeties, Keanu Neal are interchangeable. They both have that flexibility to come down and play the yep. box, to play uh, uh, off-ball linebacker in passing situations. Mm-hmm. And you know, and do and you know, just have that versatility. So we have the same four there. Edge, I think edge is pretty easy. Yeah, we we're in total agreement. Uh TJ, Highsmith, Golden, and Herbie. And Herbie right. eventually another positionless defender, like we talked about. Right. Tanner Muse is, Kanaha Neal is, and Herbie is. Now it's gonna take him a while. You know, he's not played off ball before. But he almost seems destined to give them snaps there in the future. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree, man. Um. Next up is safety. Who you got your safeties? And how many you got? Well, there we might be off different there. Uh, I, the big three courses: Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Demonte Kazee, and Kanan Neal. And then. I think Trey Norwood's in trouble because Trey Norwood, I love his versatility, but he can't play strong safety and he's too slow to play free safety. And in the slot, he it's hard to match him up because of his lack of foot speed. I like uh, Elijah Riley. And I like, it's, I think it's going to come down to Elijah Riley or Killebrew. Killebrew is a great special teams guy. And I, but I think Riley can be a solid special teamer as well. Where Riley has the advantage is Riley played some slot for the Jets. And he scored much higher than Killebrew. Killebrew played slot with the Lions. And Juju Burning that time for the 90-yard touchdown in Detroit. I, remember I don't that. know if you remember that back in no. the day. but I, didn't, uh, I don't remember that it was Killebrew, but I remember that play. Yeah, yeah he, he touched the Killebrew and got deep on him. So uh, I think that Riley – has an advantage of, and that he's a better slot guy, but Killebrew is really, really good at special teams. So that's that's kind of a toss up right now. Okay, so yeah, I got Minka, KZ, Neil. Those are the big three, right? Yep. And I got I got Liza Riley too because of the flexibility he offers to be able to play the slot, and I think that affects the cornerback room too because yeah. because of his ability to be like a backup slot defender. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and especially on, on blitzing and run stopping downs with that with that safety experience in the slot, but the cover experience too. Um, I, I like I like Elijah Riley a lot. So one, two, three, four. And I have Norwood. Just because I think this is his third year. Uh he's experiencing the defense. He seems to have a good rapport and way of learning and listening from Minka and some of the older guys. So I'm I don't want to see him on the field in in, in a, a third and twelve big game situation. I don't. But I think he's just good in the room for your fifth safety. Here's the problem. They're going to a different defensive philosophy, not just positionless defenders, but they're going to be doing a lot more press or zone. Matchup zone, I don't think you're going to see the soft underneath zone coverage like we have seen them be tortured, 
you know, by opposing offenses the last few years, you're going to see a lot more press coverage, uh, even out of the slot. And I think you're going to see bigger defenders, and, and they're trying to increase team speed. And therefore, that's why I think Norwood's out. Okay. Because Norwood really lacks in the speed department. It makes it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. I mean, we'll 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 figure this out in Latrobe, right? Yep. So uh cornerbacks. Who you got? Well, I was just looking at your list as well, and I think we're agreeing pretty much. Um Solomon, I'm have some questions on, but uh Patrick Peterson. I think it's an upgrade from Sutton as far as he has more speed. He's more athletic. Uh, Sutton's younger and really smart, but so is Peterson. But, of course, Joey Porter Jr. is the future cornerback one. Right. That's what he was brought in for, and Peterson was brought in to groom him. That was their plan all along. Getting Corey Trice was just – he fell in their lap. Uh, I think he's going to be a eventual starter for him. I think he's going to be a quality cornerback. I think he's excellent at press coverage. His, you know, he is really uh, was a steal, and I think we'll he'll prove that he won't be a starter immediately, but I think he's going to be a real contributor. Uh, so there's three. I think James Pierre is in a better situation now with this type of defense that they're going to be running. I think it will actually hit a solid season last year. I think he'll be better uh, as your number four cornerback. Uh, as far as who's going to be the slot so what, guy, so where, so, where, 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 where you said you said Pierre is good being number four. So where do you put? You haven't said Levi Wallace yet. Uh, well, I forgot Wallace. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, I'd forgot about Wallace because Wallace is going to be a starter, right? Opposite okay. of Patrick Peterson, and Wallace's quality, I just forgot about him uh, because so, so, I got excited so, about the two rookie cornerbacks. <laughs> I do too. So that bumps that bumps Pierre down to five. Yeah, that bumps Pierre to five. Uh, Sullivan, watching this tape, it scares me. Um, but Minnesota was not a good defensive team, so you give him a better supporting cast, and he might perform much better. Yeah, he played, but he's going to he have played, to, or he's he not going to make the team. Bay. He played good in Green Bay. Yeah, I'm talking about Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his most, most recent tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I just, I just felt like we needed that, that extra nickel, that slot guy. So I mean, we got Elijah Riley, a capable safety. We got Pat P, that's capable of going in the slot. But they want to move him around more than just, you know, on the outside and in the slot. I think he'll probably get some time in the backfield and free safety and stuff back there with Minka too. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I went with Pat P, Levi, Peasy Jr., Trice, Pierre, and Sullivan. Yep. And I like I like Trice. I listen to a podcast. I listen to Steelers podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Listen to a podcast where 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 people were telling us to pump our brakes. Steelers, pump your brakes on Trice. I mean, yeah. Trice is the real deal. I'm not expecting to come in and make a big a big splash or big numbers this year. Mm-hmm. But we were lucky to get a fourth round talent in the seventh round. I seen him ranked as high as third round by some uh, predictions, consistently fourth round. Right. Okay. And when, and he ran faster at the combine than people thought he was going to. Yeah. And that he, raised his stock. 
if you watch him, he you're coming back from that injury. He eventually went to a smaller brace the second half of his senior year, and he started moving even better. And they say at the camp he's looking very smooth. So, you know, not all seventh-round picks are created equally. Sometimes yeah. it's a guy who's going to have to make a position switch. So he's a project. Sometimes it's a guy with limited athleticism, and you want to see can he overcome that and be a solid professional. Neither case, neither one of those situations is Trice. Trice is a guy who was a third or fourth round pick who rumors about his health because his body was out of line and he kept having issues on the right side and his legs, injuries, that caused him to drop. If he can be healthy, he's a steal. Okay, let's pull up our pull up a comment real quick from one of our own. Uh, Andrew Wilbar said, "Fancy football and NFL draft have fourth fourth on him. Talked to one of his coaches at the combine. He thought he could go as early as day two. Like I said, third round. Yeah, right, right, right. I like the guy. You know, I'm Ohio State fan. I watch Big Ten football." I knew he was a good a good player. Yeah, this isn't a guy from, you know, this is a power five guy who went up against some top players, top receivers. And my goodness, he he just smothers guys. He he just if you if you didn't know better and you watched the film of him and JPJ, Joey Porter's got the right name recognition, he's got the famous daddy, but right. you won't see a big difference. And Porter was the first pick in the second round, and Trice was in the seventh. I'm right. telling you, Trice was a steal. He was a steal. And even on the field, I mean, they, they're they built alike. They move yep. alike. I mean, mm-hmm. if they didn't have 24, 27 on, yeah. you wouldn't know which one you were looking at. It'd be hard. It'd be yeah. hard, yep. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, man. So the last stuff it is the special teams. We probably got the same special teams like we do every year. Yeah. But the only question is, I you know, I think Bob's well safe, even though he had a tough year. I think he'll bounce back. Uh, the question is a punter. Yeah. And Harvard just cannot be consistent without shaking one every other game. But man is the same way. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, it's going to be a training camp competition, I believe. Yeah, it will be. I expect Press to win, though. I mean, I wish we had kept Waitman when we had him and Harvin both. Me too. Me too. Yeah. But uh, so that that wraps up who we got on the fifty three as of right now. Hopefully, we Alex Highsmith gets his money. Hopefully, we get a Chase Young or Isaiah Simmons, one of those two as a as an additional playmaker on the defense. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're pretty much set at offense. I mean, Canada has a if he's the cook, he got a lot of ingredients to 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 make up a good meal. Yep, that's how I feel about that. So Shannon, we're gonna get out of here. Thanks to everybody in the live chat. Let me say to old Andrew Wilbar, man, go Bucks. We're gonna beat Michigan this year, man. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Shannon, tell him tell him what you got going on. What's What's going on? What what you got coming? As far as articles, what's what's what what we talking about? What you talking about on the on uh the curtain call? I know Jeffrey's gonna be out this week. He's 
in Costa Rica. Lucky yeah, Jeff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we, um, uh, going on? I've got an article I'm working on as far as uh, pleasant surprises, kind of in honor of Father's Day week. And we all like pleasant surprises. And the Omar Khan and the Steelers have worked overtime to give us a bunch of pleasant surprises already this offseason. And I think there might be one or two more to come. And then as far as the curtain call, yes, Jeffrey is going with his daughter and they're going uh, on a, a learning expedition. And so he will not be there, but I think that you're going to be filling in for my buddy Jeffrey on uh, the curtain call Wednesday night. Yeah, man, and we'll have some more interesting stiller discussion. So I'm looking forward to it and I appreciate you being available. Oh man. I, I, hey man, you know, every time, Every time we work together, man, it's just nice and smooth, man. Yep. <laughs> but uh, as for myself, uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on, on this on this episode edition of the Hangover Podcast. Um, like Shannon said, Wednesday night's the curtain call. Tomorrow night, be sure to check out the Scobro Show. Thursday's the preview with the celebrity uh, reporter Jeff Hartman, and Friday, <laughs> Friday's my regular gig on the SCN Network. Check me out on the, the homies. You all know Big G, Be Dirt and Pay. Check us out on Friday and all the other audio podcasts. Um, Jeff had a good let's ride today. I listened to that today. That's that's the one I regularly listen to. I sometimes go back and listen to ones ones I miss, like some of the audio. I mean, some of the video podcasts. I listen to them because I missed them. But yeah, bad langer. Listen to that. Check check all the podcasts out on the Steel Curtain Network. Um, you can also check me out on uh, basketball fans. Uh, Pittsburgh is the closest team in proximity to Pittsburgh is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I host the Cleveland Cavalier podcast with Big G called That's Rather Cavalier. Check us out on there. We're trying to grow that thing up, and we also have our own podcast that. May eventually be coming to the Fans First Sports Network. We're talking about that, and that's the Know It All podcast with me, Big G, and our homie Mod. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan, so don't pay him any attention. <laughs> Check us out in all these places. But I guess we out of here. I guess what I'm supposed to do, Shannon, is what is take us home, man. I know what you usually do when you take us home. All right, buddy. Thank you, everybody. See you later. Let's go Steelers.